This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 70, Journaling for Non-Journalers with Kimberly Christensen. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Proudfit. What's up? And also... Kimberly Christensen, (laughs) (laughs) who usually, you know, we don't usually have guests with us during this part when we've recorded some, you know, little intro banter is what we call it before we get into the recorded episode with a guest. But we're doing all of it because Kimberly, why not live like you're dying, you guys? (laughs) We're animals around here. We're so grateful that Kimberly and her sweet family actually came to Arizona um, to record with us and to hang out and and that the conversation that we're about to have, we already feel is going to be so meaningful, so special, um, so important. And so we're excited to share it with you. And you'll get to know Kimberly here in a minute as she introduces herself. But are you feeling good, Becky? I'm feeling great. And I'm excited because I feel like this episode coming off the heels mm-hmm. of our January 1st episode is exactly what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably we're going to call Autonomy Part 1. The mm. January 1st episode, part amplify two. Amplify your and life. Amplify your life is Ooh. part two. And then I think that this is going to be the part three. Sister, I feel you. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Did that For just real. come to you? You're really it smart. <laughs> I'm very intuitive. You're welcome. <laughs> no, that's good. Kimberly, no, really, how are you feeling? I feel a lot of emotions. It's just you guys have a really amazing energy about you and being in the Aww. same room with you Aww. is just making me glow. I'm feeling Aww. really good. That's so sweet. That's like the sweetest thing. That That's the greatest compliment. Thank it you is, so much really. because that anyway. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, we're excited. We're, we're going to just get right to everything. So we'll do that. But first, a word from this week's sponsor. My dear friend, this is BH and it's just me right now and just for a moment because I need to have this one-on-one moment with you. I consider myself your trusted documenting guru and you know that I have dedicated so much of my life to helping people preserve their memories and document their stories and do something with their pictures. Now I have to assume that you already know about the Project Life app. If you already have it, awesome. If you're actively using it, even better. If you still need to download it, no worries. Just search for Project Life and get that app downloaded on your iPhone, iPad, or Android device now and for free. Okay. What I really want to focus on in this moment and with you is you almost need to pretend that I'm looking at you square in the eyes when I say this. Are you ready? My friend, you need to print your pages. It's one thing to make the pages with incredible ease on your mobile device. We're all obsessed with how easy it is and so thankful for the technology, for sure. The thing is, Your pictures and your memories are not meant to be stuck in a device. There is absolutely nothing like holding those completed pages in your hands and sharing them with those you love. The two main ways of printing your pages are number one, printing the individual pages, slipping those into page protectors and keeping those in a three ring album, which of course you can find at shopbeckyhiggins.com or number two, you can print skinny little photo books. Isn't that awesome? All of this happens directly through the Project Life app with a few simple taps and the quality will not be better anywhere else. 
Right there on the home screen, you will see order prints and photo books. You simply tap right there and you will find out for yourself that the ease and convenience and intuitive nature of placing an order is just as awesome as making the pages right there in the app in the first place. It's time, my friend. Get those pages and photo books printed and experience your photos and memories in the very best way. So fun fact, fun fact. I love all the fun facts. Can I share? Ooh, yeah. May I say? Okay. They actually don't know what I'm going You're to pregnant. say. You're pregnant. You have a sixth toe. Stop. <laughs> stop it with the pregnancy. Okay. Manifesting. So, um, what's really fun is that the three of us are sitting here together, Becky, Kimberly, myself, and we have no outline. We have no scaffolding of really any formal kind. We just know and feel completely inspired to share what's about to come out of our mouths about documenting and specifically what Kimberly has to share. Because you guys know my deep, long background in documenting in my own specific way. I am so honored to sit with somebody who reveres it so much, um, like Becky and I do, but in a completely different way. So that's the best place to start, Kimberly, is to have you introduce yourself and share with our listeners what your background is, where you come from with all of this, and what you're doing now. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get right into the journaling aspect of it because that's where my story really begins. When I was five years old, my parents um, had just divorced and my mom got remarried a year later. So At this time, my mom handed me a journal, my very first journal, and I still have it. And it's ugly, but inside it's beautiful because of what's written there, right? Greatest treasure. I love the ugly (laughs) ones the best. It's it's very 80s. (laughs) I mean, really, I like the cute notebooks the best, but second place would be Mm -hmm. ugly journals. Would be the ugly journals, (laughs) yeah, of course. (laughs) It's so funny to see like all the different journals I have from over the years and the, you know, cats on the cover and then you have the cute ones. I think my daughter's currently has well there's two she's using the rad and happy one that we got from our friend tara that she loves a lot and she also has a sparkly one from allison oh yeah um at the allison show and then she also has has one with a ocean every simple notebook i was gonna say in every every notebook like on the planet and um (laughs) also i think there's like a nice one with dogs on it with donuts and tacos or something but it's nice french fries it's a nice quality (laughs) it's very nice Right. And a loom journal, obviously. Right. Oh, totally. She does. She has her turquoise loom journal. She loves oh, it. I love that. Yeah. So then you got that journal. So I got that journal, and it was a time I have always been a very highly sensitive person, and I took the remarriage the hardest. Mm. I was not going to acknowledge that I had a new father figure in my life, yeah, because I loved my dad, and I did not want him to take my place next to my mom in the bed, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I totally. didn't want all these new siblings yeah. taking attention away from me. So mm-hmm. I um, way to keep it real, right? Yeah. So I see it as such a gift that my mom gave me this journal to write with me in it because I was only five. Mm-hmm. I could write a little bit, yeah, but not much. And so she would take that time to connect with me and talk to me and write down my experiences and my feelings. And what a huge gift that has been in my life, not only then during that transition, but I have 35 filled journals, Mm. ugly journals and cute Mm -hmm. journals Mm -hmm. (laughs) that have taught me how to find my voice and have taught me that it's safe to express my feelings Mm -hmm. and my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I have since become a professional writer in a lot of different, you know, varieties. And I credit that to my mom teaching me to just write from the time I was little. And so 
journaling has always been a huge part of my life and I just want to share it with the world because you don't have to be a quote unquote journaler Mm -hmm. in order to experience the amazing benefits that journaling can have on your emotional and even physical well-being. That's the misconception, don't you think? Yes. How many people have told you and have told me over the years, but that, but I'm not a writer. I'm just not a writer. I'm not into journals. I'm not a journal writer. I'm not not about that. Yes, it isn't at all. I I love how you said too, that you found your voice through Mm -hmm. writing. And I think that wrote that down myself. Did you? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is I think people feel like, well, I don't feel inclined to write. I also don't even know what I would say, but what they don't understand is the very active pen to paper helps you process through what you actually want to say. And to just piggyback on that, because um, that's a phrase that Becky and I use a lot, pen to paper. And I'm sure you do too, Kimberly, because it we know what it means, but I want to be very clear in saying it doesn't literally have to look like pen to paper. And Becky and I have both developed so much in our writing just because of social media, mm-hmm. which of course sure. is not pen to paper at all, which yeah. is sitting on your phone with your thumbs and, and writing, right? So writing can look like a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but have you, Becky, felt like you have found your voice more than ever this past year as you've really come into social media? Oh, absolutely. Resounding yes, right? Absolutely. As I got in a better habit of writing, um, I began to live looking looking for things that inspired me instead of just waiting for things to come to me. Do you yes. get, does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. And we talked about this um, in the episode that aired last week, but the as I write things or as I type things or try to kind of really process and then write it down, um, if I write something, I know immediately if it's true or not. But I wouldn't know that if I, unless I had tried, unless I had tried That's to write right. it out. And sometimes I'll write things and I'm like, no, I don't really feel that way. And then I write things that... I didn't think I felt. And I'm like, no, that's actually it. That's exactly how I feel. And so it helps me to be healthy emotionally, honestly, as I, as I, it helps me in living my life because I'm actively trying to process through and look for truth within my life. And the writing helps me do that. Like it really helps me do that. And when I, it's one of those activities where, you know, we love hiking. If I'm not hiking, like there's a little bit of an imbalance in my life. If I'm not writing, there's imbalance in my life. Mm, That's one of my tools that, that helps me to, to maintain all kinds of health. So then full circle back to where you were leaving off Kimberly in terms of introducing yourself and just to make sure that we don't lose that missing piece that is what, where has that brought to you, brought you to then? Because you obviously have a deep rooted love for writing and from a very understandable and very cool and very interesting place. Mm-hmm. Then what, how did that look in terms of professional um, work? Because you said that this then became your line of work, right? Mm-hmm. What does that yes. look like? Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning, I always wrote little stories and books. And my second grade teacher, when I moved on from her class to go to the third grade, she encouraged me to keep writing. She gave me a notebook and she said, keep writing because you have a gift as a second grader. Yes. And you knew that. She knew that. Well, she recognized it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she said that to me at such a formative age informed the rest of my life. We all need someone to see, call out our gifts, right? Mm -hmm. So she said that to me and I brought her my stories and she would read them. I mean, maybe sometimes she didn't, I don't know, but it seemed like she read them all and she wrote a note, an encouraging note to me, put stickers there. 
And that catapulted me into this identity that I was a writer, which I know a lot of people who do pursue a writing career, that's the first hurdle they have to get over is the imposter syndrome and and trying to figure out, am I a writer? You know, which we all are and we all can be. But it was just amazing to have that confidence instilled in me from such a young age. So I went on, I kept writing stories. I always submitted to the reflections contests. I um, always contributed to my school newspaper. In high school, I started a school newspaper because oh, we didn't cool. have one at my school. Did. I love that. It was so fun. And so so I was in high school in Australia, so it was kind of a different dynamic there. But yeah. I, you know, I think a school newspaper was kind of an American thing maybe. Right. And so, yeah. so we did that and that was really fun. And That's then so cool. I went really on cool. to work for a publisher um, and I wrote book backliners and and did a lot of marketing writing there, press mm-hmm. releases yeah. and all of that. Um, I also did PR writing for... Um, BYU soccer team, which my husband was on. And then oh, cool. I went on to work at uh, my dream job at Utah Valley Magazine. I was a, an associate editor there, oh, which cool. was amazing. And then since then, I've just done freelance writing for news, different newspapers and magazines. And um, and then now I just finished my very first novel, which I'm in the process oh, of getting goodness. published, which is so oh, exciting. So exciting. So exciting. Cool. Congratulations. What is Thank the genre you. of that novel? It's a women's fiction. Okay. And there's some historical elements in it. And mm-hmm. it has a dual timeline of past and present. Ooh. It's, it's kind of magical. I'm a very settings-based person. Like yes. we were talking mm-hmm. about, we love nature and we connect to the land. Mm-hmm. And so this is very much about a setting that I visited when I went to England a few years ago, um, I went to this little tiny hamlet in the middle of the English countryside that looked like it had been frozen in time because it had been, because no one had done anything to it because England really honors their history and Mm -hmm. preserves it. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this place and was standing here touching this tomb of um, a knight that fought in the Crusades and was buried there. And I'm like, the year 1400, I can't even wrap my brain around that. And so I I had this overwhelming feeling of magic and and the fact that the only thing that stood between me and this knight and the others who lived there thousands of years ago was time. And mm-hmm. what is time anyway? It's just like a man-made fickle thing, right? That right. we make up to feel like we're in control. Right. So I felt like I had to do something with this feeling and how I process my feelings yeah. like you and and big feelings like this inspiration I felt is to write. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll write a book about it. Mm. So that four years so later, inspired. I can't wait to read it actually. <laughs> That's so oh. inspired. It's going to be amazing. I love it. Oh. Oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't know all of that, Kimberly. And so, so cool. you're in the process of getting it published, which means we've got a little bit of time to get that figured out. Yes. Right. And so our fingers are crossed and our prayers are with you because that is quite Thank the process you. in and of it, itself, yes. isn't it? It's been a long, oh, long journey, but amazing because I've been writing. I've been yes. able to do yeah. what I love. So no matter where it ends up and whatever comes of it, right. that process has mm-hmm. been incredible. Well, mm-hmm. tell us about Loom. Yes. Because that is... Oh, I forgot about that one. That one's a big one, too. Well, that's a really big one. And that's (laughs) actually, you know, part of how we've connected with you is because Mm -hmm. we all have, you know, we're all part of a brand around here in different ways. And so Loom is a very special part of your life. And it's really probably the most relevant thing to our listeners and what, and a quick way that they can find you, mm-hmm. which of course is on Instagram. So maybe just share how they can find you and what that's all about. And then, and then we'll go right into all of this writing and documenting that we are excited to talk about. Yes. Sounds amazing. Okay. So Loom Journals came about when my friend, my roommate, Kim called me and said, Hey, I just keep thinking about you because I've been writing in this dollar store notebook with my daughter and she's 
opened up to me in a way she never has before because she's found her voice through writing. Mm -hmm. And so it's done so much for our relationship. And I just want to make this product. Actually, Lizzie Jensen from The Small Seed Mm -hmm. suggested to Kim, I do too. And Uh she she suggested, well, make it a product then. Kim And Kim said, yes, that's a great idea. And she kept thinking on it. And then she called me and I said, yep, I'm all in. Let's find a a designer. Mm -hmm. We brought Tasha Seaholzer on and we worked together to create this journal, a prompted journal with with a purpose of connecting parent to child. Mm. So it's not just a place to write down memories and milestones, which it also has that component to it, but it's prompted with questions that will help you get to know each other better as a parent and child and get to know yourselves better and to call out each child's individual place in the family, which mm. is so important. Yes. Especially if there's more than one child to mm-hmm. to not feel lost in the mix. <laughs> I grew yeah. up in a family of um, 16 blended lost. Wait, 16 kids blended family. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Even blended. Are you serious? Yeah. Blended 16 kids, four parents. So, so that's very important to me to make sure each child feels like they have a unique place in the family and in the world. And that's why when people say, Oh, can I buy this one journal for all my children? I'm like, okay, but you're missing the point. You can, you can make that work if you'd like to, but it's about that child feeling connected to you. And and you having an easy way, a really thoughtful way to yeah. invest in your relationship now so mm-hmm. that you will stay friends with your children throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. Isn't that our greatest fear as parents is like losing touch with our kids? Like for right. me, it's it the is. last thing that any yes. of us would want. Right. Well, and that's right. interesting. We talked about that a lot in the autonomy episode is, is really helping children to develop autonomy and to stand firmly in who they are, A, to, a, to know who that is and B, how to use that in their lives. Like that is one of our most important jobs as a parent and when we when we don't handle that oftentimes that disconnect comes out as you know acting mm-hmm. out or frustration or pulling back and and that's when we start to have friction with our parenting and so of course my first loom journal which can i just tell you i love products that are but because i'm design minded hello i work under the bh brand like i love delicious i want to feel the product i want to like have it look amazing and feel amazing and be amazing. These are like buttery, delicious. These journals are just <laughs> my favorite. And, and the colors are, I know, I'm actually, <laughs> they are so awesome. And so I started um, a loom journal with a child I was having a little bit of a communication disconnect with. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like it's so amazing what recognizing, um, recognizing the uniqueness in that child and I will say too, in in it's very hard to find one on one time. Like we we work oh, yeah. really hard to find it. But sometimes when I was trying to accomplish that in a face to face setting, I would be like, Okay, well it's Thursday at four fifteen, we have till five fifteen. Let's sit down and connect. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't happen. I love that there's times because you trade it off and I love that there are times that I write and can really like think about it and then she can read it and process and respond. Like that give and take is so amazing because the forced connecting wasn't working for us. I have um, a question for you, Kimberly. Um, But as I ask you this question, once I ask it, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk away from the microphone because I'm going to grab something to show you when I get back. So, okay. The question is when it comes to um, connecting what do you think is the importance and the significance of connection right now, especially in the world today? What does that mean to you personally? 
Oh man, we could do a whole podcast. I know, episode right? to I know. This we'll question. take it in the context of what we're talking about, yeah. right? In terms yeah. of writing and, and where you're coming from with this connection that we have one-on-one with our children. Mm-hmm. Why does it even matter? Okay. The first thing I want to say is to what Becky brought up is that, um, the first, the best way that you can help your child's behavior and improve your child's behavior is connection. Mm-hmm. We get caught up in these parenting techniques and what can I do to solve this problem? But yeah. really what your child needs when he or she is acting out or not doing well is more genuine connection. Mm-hmm. And that's our purpose at Loom Journals is to provide you um, a tool to help you connect in that yeah. way because you will see your child's behavior improve. Mm-hmm. You will see their self-esteem and confidence improve. Yeah. So that's why connection is important. So it, also, yeah, I was just going to say it prevents feelings of isolation. Yeah. Um, I know just from a mental wellness standpoint, which I know you're going to be speaking more about, but who hasn't heard at least some study done that in terms of depression and, and anxiety in children, that that connection and there's a lot of different ways that connection can look and what that can be like, but real connection with real people, mm-hmm. family or not family, all of it is ideal. Yeah. Is literally the thing that can um keep that at bay. Yes. Right? Because clinical yes. depression and anxiety is a real thing that you can't just like say, well, it's, you, you can just get rid of that. Yeah. Or you can just take a pill and get rid of it. Right. We all know that um connection can very much help with that. Right. Well, and it's Definitely. interesting as as I have the older kids and the preteens and the teens, when the moms all get together and talk, we all laugh because every one of our kids is saying, "We just feel alone. Like we feel like we have no friends. We like this is a common thread with today's youth, where in a time when then where there's more ways to connect, there's less connection, and everyone's kind of feeling this, you know, this disconnect, and they feel like they don't have anybody. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. this is really a learned skill of learning how to connect, what that even looks like. And so I think that's another great, great tool with these journals. Absolutely. Yes. And I, while I agree with you in what you said about journaling can look like anything and it's okay if it's a note in your phone or a voice memo, or, you know, there's so many ways to journal and write, but there is something to putting pen to paper Yeah, and it uses a different part of your brain. Mm. Um, called the reticular articulation system. Ooh, I like and that word. It's fancy. I hope I said it right. Reticular <laughs> articulation. I'm pretty sure you did because you yes. probably said it a if few not, times. It's yeah. really close. I'm, but the, I hadn't really heard close. that though. Literally. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm clear in understanding you. You're talking about the act of a physical pen in yes. your hand and actual paper. You're using yes. a different part of your brain. Yes. So this is a quote from mm. Maud Purcell. She's a psychotherapist and journaling expert. And she says, writing accesses... Writing accesses the left hemisphere of your brain, which is analytical and rational. While your left brain is occupied your right by the writing, the pen to paper, mm-hmm. your right brain is free to do what it does best, which is to create, intuit, and feel. In this way, writing removes mental blocks and allows us to use more of our brain power to better understand ourselves and the world around us. That's what wow. writing does for us. Mm-hmm. It occupies the thinking monkey monkey mind yes, while totally. you're writing. So it's like, okay, sh- you just write. Just focus right. on writing. Mm-hmm. And I have a strong monkey brain. Maybe I, that's oh, why too. I love writing so much. Me so too. then your right brain, which is the creative, intuitive side of your brain, is able to articulate those the intuition and the feelings that you feel. And you're able to get those down on paper. That's why the clarity comes, like Becky was talking mm-hmm. about. That's why you can figure out what truth is for you and how you really feel. 
And there's something else that writing does, um, no matter how you write, but you're able to remove yourself from your thoughts a little bit rather than letting them consume you. When mm. you step back, and any therapist will agree with this, and that's mm-hmm. why writing is such a huge tool yeah. in therapist offices. Yeah. Is because you're able to remove yourself from your thought rather than identifying so strongly with it that it consumes you. By putting it on paper, you're taking it outside of yourself and you're able to observe it from a more rational perspective. So whether it's a traumatic experience that you're writing about or something confusing or anything, you're able to remove yourself a little bit from it so you can see it more clearly. Hmm. Okay. This is so good. Let me ask a question about this then. And I, and I'm asking because I don't know, but you are the expert and you've done some studying on this. And so I, I need to know, cause I want to understand because we're talking about accessing different parts of our brain and using different parts of our brain. So when I hike and when I'm hiking alone, and sometimes I just receive a lot of inspiration while I'm hiking, right? So I'm physically, we know how that works sometimes, right? You're physically mm-hmm. moving your body. And so it kind of frees up that space exactly. and it clears your mind and whatever. Yeah. So when I receive um, the kinds of things that I need to record right in the moment, I will physically take my phone out of my pocket. I'll keep moving because I don't have to look at it and I speak it. I speak the words that are just coming and they're flowing and it's just rolling, right? Awesome. And then I send that text to myself or that email to myself because then mm-hmm. I know that I'll copy and paste and then edit it later and whatever. Yes. Do you think that there's a difference in doing that kind of recording because it's the only kind of recording I can do while I'm physically moving than the physical pen to paper that you were talking about? And I don't mean to sound so particular because it's not that big of a deal. I'm just curious it, about that because I, I know that you also love hiking. Mm-hmm. And so I want, I want to understand that better in my life so I can appreciate it even more than I already do. Yes. So, well, I think you hit the nail on the head because the benefit that we're talking about with putting pen to paper, you're doing the same thing by hiking. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're, That's what you're I hiking. Yeah. So you're freeing up your mind. Yes. yes. It's and the same so reason you're already even, doing Even that. with showers, it's it's that sensory yes. thing. When you're getting sensory input and there's something about the act of like the cross body motion and using the different hemispheres, like it's able to occupy. Like when I'm in the shower, like uh-huh. my body is receiving the sensation of the water, which is occupying that part of my brain, uh-huh. which causes me to then be able to, which is why if you have a child with ADHD, like for Jameson, when he was little, he, he had a really hard time studying. And so we would study vocabulary words as he jumped on the trampoline because mm-hmm. it occupied that part of his brain so that he really could then um that's so cool have organized you guys getting this do you i mean we're talking about a few different examples here so hopefully i mean i love that you brought the shower up and jameson and the jumping on the trampoline because Mm -hmm. hopefully every listener is connecting with how this looks in their life whether they're in the flow of writing or not Mm -hmm. the point here the, the general concept is this occupying of that part of your brain which then allows the that free writing, that free flow of words mm-hmm. to happen differently. Yeah. Right? Well, and this is mindfulness. We're talking about mindfulness now Yeah. because your mindfulness is just becoming aware, yes. aware of truth mm-hmm. and aware of, you know, what really is. And so mindfulness, I'm huge into mindfulness. I used to be yes. a yoga teacher and I, because mm-hmm. of the mindfulness aspect, totally. I love teaching yoga because same thing, mm-hmm. it causes you to let go of the monkey mind and be present in the moment and in your body. Mm-hmm. And writing is a form of mindfulness. And we all need more of that, especially in this day and age. It's yoga for your brain. It's yoga for your brain. Oh, oh my we gosh. need to make a t-shirt. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. Yoga for writing your brain. It's, it's yoga, yoga for your brain. brain. But what did you say right before, before that? Writing, um, 
Oh. So um, I was saying... I, oh, I, mindfulness. That's yes, what you're saying is writing is a is form, a form of, mindfulness. of mindfulness. Yeah. Mindfulness. Yes. yes exactly. We're all writing notes here, you guys. <laughs> I know. We yes. are writing notes. Sorry, well, guys. This is why I love this work is because mm. it seriously blesses my life. Um, so, so much. Mm-hmm. I cannot write this down. Stand by. <laughs> well, listen, here's what we're going to do back. You know how this always works for both of us as we, we love listening back to each episode oh, yes. and we both have acknowledged that we get so much more out of it when we listen back than when we're actually recording. Because again, well, we're usually listening while we're hiking when we're hiking alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you're totally right though. This is a form of mindfulness and I can totally see the connection, even though I'm not a yogi myself, I've always aspired to be Me without too. Really, without, Oh, stop. <sighs> we can't have another thing no, in common that we I love literally so much. <laughs> aspire. I told our friend Amy, we were hiking with our friend Amy, who's a yoga master. Mm-hmm. And I have told her every time I see her, I'm like, Amy, I really want to be, I really want to get so good at yoga. And she laughs at me because I've literally said this to her over the course of 10 years, probably five million times. You know what's interesting about that? I really want to so bad. This is going to feel like a side note, but I, how many, we can all relate in different ways, but what Becky says to Amy is what people will say to me and have said to me over so many years. Every time they see me, it's like, I just wish that I were better about my pictures. And they, Mm -hmm. you, when you see a person that seems to personify the goal that you have, it's, it's funny how the words come out. Like I'm trying to be like that. Yes. And so just saying it makes it more like, okay, that actually is a goal I'm working toward. Right. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Right. Well, and people (laughs) say that to me about journaling. Oh, I wish I was a better journaler. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I can help you because you don't have to be a writer. No one cares about your grammar. Grammar Mm -hmm. is not the most important thing in writing. No, it isn't. It's really not. Or spelling. What's that? Or spelling. Or Oh, no. People, I think, get held up in thinking, and I'm an editor naturally, and so like I love to just watch after the little details, but I think that a lot of people think that that actually matters for for putting pen to paper, and if that's the thing that holds you back, or A, also, if you don't like your own handwriting, there are so many reasons that stop people from starting. Right. Well, or here's something that people ask me about a lot. They're like, well, I just worry about what to write and what not to write because I'm writing this for my posterity. And first of all, Mm -hmm. that's not the only reason to write. I don't want to like speak blasphemy here, but listen, it's not just about... We believe that so deeply. I think you put that out of your mind when you journal. At least I do. That's what works for me. 100%. You write what you feel and what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I've had people ask, well, am I allowed to write about this or that? I'm like, listen, you write as authentically as you can, because that's what'll help people. Exactly. Not your covered up filtered, yes. here's what I did today. That's not what matters. It's okay to document those things too, but yeah. what matters is your heart. And I want my children to be able to read my journals and see, oh, she went through this. Right. Because my mom did the same thing. She wrote, mm. she journaled. Yeah. And she compiled her journals, certain journal entries into a book for us. Oh, and how cool. It's beautiful. My and mom's it's a her beautiful character, writer, isn't it? I'm reading this journal that she she published for us for our family. She's going. She went through a lot of hard things. Like her first son died. She went through a hard mm-hmm. divorce, um, and she wrote all of this down beautifully. And I'm reading this now at the age that she was when she went through it. And wow. I can't even begin to tell you how deeply that connects me to her and helps mm-hmm. me see. Oh, she went through things. She was my age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, rather than seeing her as always the mom, you know what I totally. mean? Because I want my yeah. children to see how much I've been through and that I'm not, 
you know, only the mom, although that's so important, but. Well, I want to emphasize that this is why, and I know all three of us feel so passionately about this. Mm -hmm. This is why we need to do this kind of writing and documenting and picture taking for that matter, by the way, um, is what actually matters and what shines light on who you are as a person and what your character is all about is significantly more meaningful than this is what I did today. Now, I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of all of it. Right. I have done every type of documenting known to man because that's my jam. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get it. And I totally connect with like the little, little details of like what doesn't seem to matter that actually does matter and blah, blah, blah. Well, scrapbooking. I loved scrapbooking. Well, scrapbooking (laughs) is whatever you want it to be. Same thing. You can scrapbook about things that are really big, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and really shine light on your character. Or like we went to the park today and it was 75 degrees. Like Mm -hmm. who who actually cares? But also... Does that matter to you? Because if it does, then yeah, you should actually yeah. document about it. Oh, totally. We've talked so, about that yeah. a lot with, particularly in the scrapbooking industry, is I think that's mm-hmm. where the disconnect happened, is it became about perfectly curated pages and it became mm-hmm. less about um, um, the heart. And one thing I'll just say, I think a lot of people have a hold up because they don't feel like their life is worth documenting. They don't oh, feel like they're remarkable enough to document. Um, not holding back. I love what Kimberly said about not holding back because we are given experiences to help others. There are things you're going through right now and working through that you hope that you're around to to tell your children and share those experiences, but you don't know. That's not promised. My hand went up. Yes? <laughs> yes. You in you the in back. The front. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, the weird one in the back, just saying. I think that I am in the front row. Yeah. Um, no, you, you are a front that, row kid. We now both I'm going to lose my thought. Dang it. Hold on. No, when you were saying that, you were saying that... Um, Oh, back. Hold on. We might have to cut this part out. Hold on. Really? Like, it's so important. Hold on. Stand by, Claire. Stand, Stand by, Claire. Bye. Our editor. We're given experience. Because um, you were just... Oh, that... We're given experience. Got it. To share with Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, correct. Okay. So, Becky, you were saying we were we are given experiences to share with other people. We all agree, right? Agreed. Everyone, oh, even you yes, guys listening, you purpose. can... Everyone yes. can agree that that is why we exist. Our experiences are not just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Correct. And all the amens. And also, one of our favorite things to say... And also, we are given experiences to prepare us for other experiences that are mm, to come. Yes. Amen. And so we have to acknowledge them for what they are, which is all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's, they're all, oh, mm, you guys, mm, this is good. I'm feeling so many feels right now. I'm trying to cry. It's true. And it's part so of true. doing that to break down what an experience means for you, you have to stop and sit with it for a minute, whether it's during or after. You need to figure out what it means You're for you. You're singing to my soul. Right? Yes. And same thing. Same, same thing goes for all the information, good information we are inundated with today with technology and podcasts. We love podcasts. Yes, yes. we do. But like all the good things, but if you're just sitting and consuming them one after the other, even if they're so good, right? if you don't stop to Agreed. write, which is my preferred method, or think, or, you know, to stop and decide and figure out and feel what it means for you and what action it's going to call you to, yes. or how you're going to share that information to help someone else. There's no purpose to it. Mm-hmm. You're just on this never-ending cycle of consumerism. I love you so much, Kimberly. I love you too. <laughs> I'm in I'm going to add a, a question for our listener. Are you a consumer or are you a producer? Now, I'm not saying that we all need to choose which one. We're all both. We were Can we both say both. creator? Because it yeah. sounds yes, better. I like yeah, you bet. You're, you bet. You bet. Let's go with creator. Um, we all consume and we all create. Period, the yes. end, right? Yes. We all are that. But could we be a little bit better about being in check with what that balance looks like? Yes. We all have podcasts. We like Instagram. Yes. We like Because one email. without the other 
makes the other moot. Mm -hmm. And I'll go back to our sweet friend, Rachel Nielsen from three and 30, a conversation I had with her over the summer. And I was in the thick of it because I'm like, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. And she said, yes, you need to stop collecting gurus. Mm -hmm. And I was so in my head because I hadn't taken that time to be like, okay, I have the information. What does that even mean for me? Because instead of doing that, I was just like, well, now I need more information. And now I need more information. And I need another guru to tell me. Which is awesome. Which is great. Learning is great. But learning without that quiet time of stillness of what that means for me and the application of it in my life Mm -hmm. is meaningless. You cannot consume enough information to negate that need to sit there and think about what it means for you. Rachel was wise and inspired when she said that to you. And And I was relieved, quite honestly. I know. Thank you. When you shared it with me, I felt a connection to that as well. Mm -hmm. And I really, I think we've brought it up here, you know, on the show at some point, but if you've never heard that, and if you happen to be in a phase of collecting gurus, maybe it's time to take the pause to what, going back to what you're saying, Kimberly, pause. We love stillness around here. We talk about it a lot, but truly be still with your thoughts be still with all of the noise. Take a break from all of it. And instead of consuming, 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 can we think about what we're creating? And that creating really can look like the documenting and the writing of your experiences. Yes. But here's the thing too. We were talking about how it can be so hard for people to start. Journaling does not have to look a certain way. Thank There's you. There's so all the much amens. more flexibility in it than we give our, than we understand. So tell and us. You are going to tell yes. us, right? Oh, all I'm the tell ways. You okay. Nine ways to journal. Oh. So you can pick and choose what speaks to you. And here's the other oh, fun thing. I love thing. her so much. Yeah. Here's the other fun thing. You don't just have to stick to one. People ask me, Amen. they're like, okay, so you really journal every day? In their mind, they're thinking, she documents everything she does every day. No, yeah. no, no, I don't. And that's okay if that's how you want to journal. But for me, I'm just, I'm putting pen to paper every day in some way, whether mm-hmm. it's writing one word that mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. What, you know, there's so many different things we can do. So here's some ideas to throw out to and you. And just oh, so we so remember, sad. we have show notes. No one needs to write this down Correct. right now if you're driving the we car. We hope okay? that you're hiking. But you're going to want to write this down. <laughs> but some and you, also, someone, we will write it down for you. Yes. So, yeah, we've written yeah. it all down. Go it's to in the show, show notes. notes. BeckyHiggins.com on the blog. They're always there. All right, Kimberly, let's okay. hear it. So we'll start with one that is usually pretty front of mind for people, and that's experiential journaling. So mm-hmm. you have an experience, mm-hmm. whether it's on your own or with someone else or with a child and you want to write down that experience so you don't forget it. Love okay, it. so you just free write. You write whatever you want mm-hmm. about documenting that experience. The next one is gratitude journaling. And mm-hmm. we could talk for hours about how the research that's been done about gratitude journaling and how recognizing and writing down what you're grateful for truly, literally, scientifically makes you a happier person. And can mm-hmm. save your life. Truly. Yes. I, I really actually mean that. Like mm-hmm. for some people, if they're really in the depths of, I've just had a personal friend a couple of years ago who they were on the brink. Depression was bad. It was really, really bad. It was getting and ugly. Their, their therapist said, if you just keep a gratitude journal on top of the other stuff they were working through, but this one thing could be the game changer for you. And it was for him. Oh my it gosh. really was. That's amazing. It's amazing. And it's not, I, I worry that some people, when they hear gratitude journaling, they're like, okay, now I'm Pollyanna and now I'm just going to write all the things that are happy and butterflies and daisies. Mm -hmm. No, it's not about that. It's because you can call out something in your life, however simple and mundane it may Mm -hmm. seem, that is something to be grateful for. Yeah. And And it doesn't just have to be the cliches like my health and my family, which are actually really, really huge. (laughs) But if you can get more specific about something that you're really grateful for, sometimes for me, if I've had a hard time and I just look out the window in my room and I see the mountain outside my room, that's always there. And I can always count on it as funny as that sounds, but like it's, I love that mountain Mm -hmm. and I can see it from my window. 
and that's simple, that's but it's something to be grateful for. So think outside the box with things that you're grateful for. Yeah. Um, it may be that. a certain gadget or product that you're just, it could makes be the fact easier, that you, know? you got to take a shower or you had seamless socks a warm on shower, or, right? Yes. A war- right. Yeah. And that's the thing is the more mundane, like it's the exercise and it, it helps you to start cultivating and curating more, um, more gratitude in your life. And it changes how you approach your life truly yes, and how as you're you looking see, for it. It yeah. makes you more present because you, what gratitude yes. does is mm-hmm. it anchors you to the present. Sure it does. combats anxiety. And that's what I do with my mind. When I start, my thoughts start going anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just start thinking, okay, but what, what's good about right now? What's good right now? Like, okay, yeah. I'm in this beautiful place and it's warm. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm in Arizona <laughs> the and I'm not sun is in shining. the middle of yeah. the darkness. Yes. <laughs> you know, so you can, it anchors you to the present. Um, okay. So manifestation journaling, you guys, I feel like we'll be all over this because <sighs> I feel like we're on the same page. Tell me more. Tell so me let's more. talk about it. But writing things down, there's a couple ways to do this, but I love to write something down in as much detail as I can. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But you write it as if it has happened. It's like the yes. five year journaling where you write five years from now. This is what what, it's going to look like. Or it could be tomorrow. Or it could be like a conversation you're going to have, but you want to play out in your mind and visualize Mm. how you want it to happen in the best case scenario. Ooh, I love it. You write it down in as much detail as you can. (laughs) I'm just... Becky's face, you guys, (laughs) I I feel like... so in love with Kimberly. I I just... We're mutual. She she can't even speak. She just is like closing her eyes and shaking her head This is why I cried before we even started because I was hearing them talk (laughs) about their love for writing and how they recognize the value of it and how we so passionately want to tell everyone mm-hmm. you are a journaler, you, you are, are a writer. Totally. <laughs> and you, this can help you. It it's, will, not oh, can, for sure. it will. It, will. it totally just, will. You guys, yes. every single one of you listening, what, no matter like where you've been sitting with this, mm-hmm. something's got to have already resonated with you. Please mm-hmm. don't ignore that feeling. Oh. Like keep going, Kimberly. And also I think they've already been feeling something. Oh, yeah. for sure. So manifestation, that's awesome. That makes mm-hmm. so much sense. Um, another word that people use for that is, um, visualization, visualization. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. yeah same because thing. Because it's, you're literally illustrating the moment that you plan to have happen yes. or that you hope will happen. Yes. Ooh, tell us more. I love it. And I have to, you made me think of something else too. When you write down an experience that really has happened in as mm-hmm. much detail as you can, how you felt, like yeah. anchor to the senses, what you saw, mm-hmm. um, what you physically felt, what you emotionally felt inside. When you record that, it's like reliving it. Your mind doesn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back and read it, mm-hmm. you get to experience it oh, again. Yeah. And all those feelings and endorphins that came up from that experience yeah. in real life will come back to you again. That's the beauty of journaling. And Ooh. even better, when you have a picture to go with it. Holy yes. marriage of the best things ever. Yes. You write in so detail about something. What It doesn't have to be, this is what happened on this event and the weather was like this. But details of how you felt details of what the experience was like, and then you have a picture to go with it. That is magic. It's money. All the money, all the magic. Mm -hmm. Okay. What other types of journaling? Okay. So there's end of day reflection and, you know, as moms, sometimes this can be (laughs) good or bad. This can be a reckoning, a coming to Jesus kind of a moment. (laughs) Yes, it can. Yes. Sometimes what I do with that, the end of day reflection is to focus on three good things that happened that day. And if I had a bad mom day, as in I was a bad mom that day, Mm -hmm. um, I will call out something that I did well. I read a book to my child. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then two other things, I ate a good breakfast. Or, you know, you can call out three things from that day that Mm -hmm. you did accomplish 
however small they might seem, or that we're good about that day. And that goes back, this all ties in together. That goes back to the gratitude journaling and all that. But just end of day reflection, that's another way people like to journal to kind of process through the day. Mm -hmm. Journaling for for clarity. If you have some questions on your mind and you you need to sort through an experience like you were talking about, Becky, journaling for clarity. Journaling to document. We touched on that. Um, Journaling for revelation and whether for you that means from God or from your intuition or from a higher source, whatever Mm -hmm. that means to you, oh my gosh, it's crazy powerful what journaling can do to call down those powers and to call on that connection. And again, we could talk for hours just about this. Right. But one thing I've been doing recently is writing down a question I have or a specific prayer I have something Mm -hmm. I'm seeking or I desire for. I'll write that down on a page of my journal and leave a blank page or spread after that. I'll turn the page and write my next question. Mm -hmm. I'll do three or four of those. And then throughout the week, every day I'll go back and visit that. Sometimes just when I feel an impression or, or whatever, or an answer I feel like comes from someone else, another person or a conversation or a podcast or whatever, however it comes, I'll record all of those impressions and thoughts, even if sometimes they seem crazy. Right. And when I go back to those... I realize that the answers are there. Yeah. And they're all around us. So oh, that's so that's good. I love that. Really one. good. So just two more journaling as meditation. Um, and this is just taking time if you need some peace to sit and write. You don't even have to think about what you're going to say, what you're going mm-hmm. to write. I mean, you just sit there and let the words come. They may be disjointed. They may not be full sentences. They may be a list of words. They may be, you can draw. I don't care. You just sit there and use it as your meditation. Um, And then the last one is connective journaling, which is what I'm all about with Loom Journals. We have our parent-child journal and our couple's journal. So journaling to write to another person Mm -hmm. and, um, and then letting them write back to you, it gives you such an amazing peek into their souls and helps you connect in a profound way. So when I got I up it. and walked away from the microphone a few minutes ago, that's mm-hmm. what I grabbed because I was going to show you, and obviously listeners, you can't see this, but um, I have a running notebook with each of my kids that is question and answer. And I, I decided it. intentionally to do this not as a um, an already prompted journal because I love Loom journals. And also I knew that this would have to be a on the fly type of concept. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we're sitting in church or sometimes we're just hanging around at home and I will, I am most active with my 11 year old because Mm -hmm. my teenagers are less interested and more busy. Uh And so, and it's fine. They'll still do it with me once in a while. And they never push back by the way, which is a blessing and a miracle, honestly. But my 11 year old, this is the notebook that I grabbed um, because I'm going to read you 75 pages from it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but insight into crew Higgins. Oh, you guys, if you could see this and I will have to share some of the pages from it because the reason why I grabbed it is because sometimes what happens is I'll ask a question, he'll answer it. And he, his personality shines through so much that we kind of end up, you can't hear laughter, but there's a laughing situation. There's Mm -hmm. humor in this where we then go back and forth and he makes absolutely no sense on something sometimes Mm -hmm. because that's who he is in terms of his humor. Yeah. And so this notebook has become such an incredibly special way that crew and I, and of course with Porter and with Claire, this Q and a journal, which is of course the base of what loom journals is, is so special. We've been doing it for years and it is one of our favorite points of connection ever. So I just, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to show that and bring that up because Kimberly doesn't just have good ideas and she's not just saying, you know, here's some principles to think about. I have, I, I I'm living proof and evidence 
that this is a very real connection point. If you are wanting to build connection with a child or with your spouse, because you do have the husband wife mm-hmm. version as well, there is such a power in documenting. And I have felt totally inspired before we started recording that the loom journal that you kindly gifted to me to Mm -hmm. use with my husband, it's going to be under the Christmas tree. We're recording at this Mm -hmm. time is before Christmas. Um, he will for the first time in years put pen to paper because he's married to me. Do you know what I'm saying? So he thinks all the documenting and the writing is taken care of because in essence it is for our family kind of ish, whatever, because that's my thing. But if he's not telling his own story and the things aren't said in his own words, there there's a lost piece of yeah, history. For sure. And he knows that and I know that, but I think it's your journal that's going to actually be the the thing, the tool that we can use to right. connect in that way. So I'm just really grateful and excited. Oh. I know really I'm excited so too. Because also Taylor's getting his for for Christmas. Very excited. Our husbands yeah, open that. They don't may know what's not about to be happen. excited at first right. until we let them know that there are re- rewards for participation. There is per- exactly. participatory <laughs> awards. We're saying, we are not above bribe. Let's be totally serious. You know what? By the way. You know what is needs to know. General. Yes. I'll just say it. I don't care. I. You know, for me, that connection mm-hmm. is is what helps keep our intimate life healthy. Yep. And and so being able to cultivate that um, is naturally going to produce the results I'm sure he is looking for. <laughs> that so is correct. It's all of it. All yeah. of the different ways of connection are important. Yeah. And they all play into each other. And mm-hmm. so if you really want your husband to write in the journal, also be, be sure you're connecting in all the other ways. Yes. Exactly. Or and I amen. Was gonna say <laughs> Becky, I stop. I was going to give you an idea <laughs> and I'm just going to not. How about just not? Okay. Yes. So I guess I just want to say really quickly that yes. don't right off the bat, assume your husband won't do this with you because Good point. we yes. knew, I knew this was, we considered doing other products next as number two, but I felt really strongly about this one because I feel like this is what people need. This is what relationships totally. need. Mm-hmm. And I knew we would be um, up against some you know, hesitation and resistance from people. But I said, no, we're pushing through it because we can do hard things. We can yes. write in a journal there you go. once a week. This is all that the couple's journal asks of you. Which isn't and hard, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's three questions that you each answer. And it's a small ask for a huge investment in your yes. relationship. And don't right away assume that he won't do it because... Mm-hmm. He probably will. And I have seen some amazing um, responses from people that have come to me crying or writing a heartfelt note saying, thank you for giving me this opportunity Mm. and for Clay, my husband, um, who helped me create this journal, for him talking to me about giving my husband a chance and um, telling him how much this means to me because that alone got him to say, yes, of course I write. Of course I'll write in this with you for once, and once a week. And it's and see not the that results. much writing. Well, and so that's the really thing. I think we assume ask. like, oh, they're not going to want to do it. But generally it's my experience that when, you know, when there's imbalance or you're working through things in your marriage, men are fixers. Like they want to do something. But oftentimes as women, we have a hard time articulating what we actually want them to do point. to make it better. Mm-hmm. This is something actionable you can give your husband to say, I need you to do this with me once a week. Yeah. And I know my cheaper husband. cheaper than therapy. Although right? I believe in therapy. Yes. And totally support and encourage that. Oh, as totally. This is a, something you can do from home. And mm-hmm. there's three questions. And, you know, you don't have to write very much. We didn't include a ton of lines for that reason. Right. I love that. But it's I enough that. to make a difference in your relationship. Guys, if you're, so as you're cool. listening right now, I need you to, like, just do your own private little big smile to yourself right now if you are feeling inspired in some way. Yes. Because I sure am. 
we are I'm imagining so... their cheesy smiles right now. Oh, and I right. love it. Right? <laughs> Beautiful. Big I know. smiles. Well, as we wrap up, Kimberly, I know that um, that many of our listeners will want to find you on Instagram, connect mm-hmm. with you. Where is the best place for them to look? Okay, so they can look at Loom Journals and at Talk Wordy to me on Instagram. Talk wordy to me. Isn't that a great handle? I love that so much. Thank you. I know. It's so clever. I love when people get it. It's funny when people don't not get that. (laughs) Right? Well, we are honored to have you. That's what you you. say to your husband, by the way, when you want him to talk wordy to me, me, babe. And you do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. do you guys do that? Well, now we will. Yeah. Talk wordy to You're welcome. <laughs> That's good. Well, what I was saying is that we really are honored to have spent this time with you, Kimberly. Um, I know that the feeling is just so, speaking of connection, we are yes. all feeling such a strong connection to what we talked about, but also to each other um, because we get it. And we hope that, um, we hope that all of you as listeners also feel it and get it. And um, thank you, Kimberly, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly honored. Aw, thank you so much. And friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye. interesting your ring finger and your pointer finger are not even the same shade of red like once oh I know thank you you're welcome and they're a little darker than they should be that's what I'm saying and they rush on purpose oh I see it now no I know but like but it's a glittery but it's no I'm telling you like I'm really profoundly uncomfortable and they're too shiny they're supposed to be matte and I'm feeling like really uncomfortable about it does it but I'm also too cheap. Your mood? No, really, no, it doesn't. But every time you're I look not at too my cheap. Hands... That's the most ridiculous, untrue statement in my entire life that I've ever heard you say <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I'm you too are cheap. Not cheap. Ta- I just don't want to go sit in the chair for another hour. No, that's not cheap. That's you're impatient. I'm impatient. Did you just get them done? Like yesterday. Oh, they're fresh. <laughs> it is a bummer. I do voiceover. Can I hear you sometimes? You do? Can I hear do your voiceover radio voice? for what? Um, what? so I've done like. I used to do a lot of Seagull book commercials or audiobooks, like LDS what? fiction audiobooks. Shut oh your my mouth. Goodness. My friend Amanda's going to die. That's She's so an LDS fun. fiction lover. What? what? She, a modest proposal, I think, was the last one I did. Kimberly, fun fact. <laughs> I don't have a cool it. story like that. I wanna, yes, you do. I want to do voiceover work, actually.